0: Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach... I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. I understand what it feels like to live under expectations and programming that are not aligned with who you are. I learned to write my own story in my year of Jess, and I want to guide you as you write the story of you. Your beauty, power, and value are already in there, in you. It's time. Time to take your pen back and write the story of you. It begins today. Go to my website, jessicatravis.com backslash free journal guide. I've created a five-day journal guide free to you. Five days, five emails, one new story of you. After subscribing, I'm going to send you an email with a link to my private Facebook group called Get Connected. I'm creating a community for you to embrace and fall in love with the story of you. Welcome back to The Connected Podcast, I am I am just so curious and so excited about today's conversation. Um, I have with me a friend I have recently met. Um, Her name is Sarah, and she is um, coming to me today all the way from Egypt. So we are working with um, our internet connections and a little bit of delays as we have this conversation. But hopefully um, you just get to enjoy um, just a really juicy interesting conversation. I am going to um, just let you know we are going to talk about content that um, that we're really excited to talk about, but it, uh, if you're listening with your children or, um, or in a space where um, other people are listening, I just want to kind of give you a caveat that we are not going to hold back in our conversation in talking about Um, us as women, femininity, sexuality, pleasure, all of these really fun um, uh, spaces in our life. And I just want to put that out there. If you need to push pause and listen to this at another time, you are free to do that at this point. But Sarah and I are not going to hold back today. So um, we are just going to have a really um, exciting conversation about who we are as women and um, particularly who Sarah is. So, um, as a listener, you probably know, I love to let my guests introduce themselves the way they want to be introduced. So, Sarah, who are you?
1: (laughs) What a question to start with. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So, I would say that I... I'm a woman who is so committed to living the path of my highest soul expression and Mm. service, which encompasses being in this place of love and joy and service and pleasure. And it's an interesting question, who are you? Because I feel like I've had so many different identities and kind of egoic stories mm. throughout my life. So many, so many of those, and so many ego deaths as well. And it's a constant ever changing evolution. So to feel into who I am in this moment, it feels like my presence. I, I recently be located as, you know, Jessica, but for the people listening to Egypt from Hawaii, which is yeah. big change. It's the opposite. I would say it's the very exact opposite. Opposite end of yeah. the earth, opposite in so many ways. Hawaii and Maui is this deeply feminine, nurturing, receptive, healing place. And Egypt is this very, also raw, but in a very masculine, kind of confronting, powerful, strong masculine energy. Um, so it's interesting mm. to have that shift and also see the way that the work that I do a lot of it around sexuality and birth kind of shows up and is happening in both of those places in similar and different ways as well
0: oh gosh that there's so much there that you just said <laughs> I um you know I've I've uh, known you uh, for probably about a month or so prior to you moving to Egypt, and so I've gotten to watch a little bit of this transition of moving of your move. But that description of the comparisons of those two spaces and I've lived in Maui before and I know what that energy is that you're talking about never lived in Egypt. So it makes me really curious to, especially knowing the work that you do, which we will talk about um, how you do that in Egypt Mm -hmm. of all places. Um, But so you talked about several um, different uh, identities that you have uh, lived into throughout your life and I know that one of them involves a more um, corporate side from where you are now and it is part of the story uh, that you have um, that that has landed you right where you're at in this moment and um and I'm just I'm really curious um if you if you were to share, uh, like the story of you with me, what would you want to tell me about you and how you are in this moment right now?
1: I went to an all-girls school that was actually, from the outside, you would say very feminine based. They had the slogan, actually, "Girls can do anything," and so from the outside and from what I felt, it was like, "Okay, women are empowered," right? And and this feminist perspective and going to business school and having this mindset of like, I can conquer the world, I can create anything, I can do anything. But I was also sourcing my identity and my worth through external validation. So through whether it be my grades, academic achievements, extracurriculars, projects I was involved in. And then once I started in the working world, you know, job title, salary, all of these things that we kind of, yet given by society as accolades to say you know that's what i'm working towards and this is who i am like when you asked right who are you back then i probably would have said you know hey, i'm sarah i'm the senior director of finance like all of fires for me at that time and what i realized when i started doing my master's of social work and looking at paradigms i actually realized that as I was growing up and going through school, I was being taught to be really successful, being in a masculine energy. So even though I was in an environment of all women, and I thought, you know, like I was, I was learning to be a woman leader, and I, you know, all of these things. After all of my experiences, kind of where I'm at now, I'm like, I was basically groomed and taught to succeed based on masculine aspects you know mm-hmm. linear thinking logic practicality setting goals achieving them not being overly emotional um all of these pieces which now i see and identify as being very masculine attributes, which is all fine right we live in a world that really values masculinity and that is set up around that for capitalism for a lot of these things, especially right, right. in our Western society. In the Eastern society there's a bit of a different energy and a collective um, energy. But in North America, it's very much that way. And so I went through this phase where it's kind of like, okay, if you strip away the job title, the salary, all of these achievements and external validation things, who am I? And what do I want to do? and what do i assign value and worth to and for me it was shifting much more into my feminine energy that actually started to heal me because i i was quite sick and burned out from my lifestyle and job in the corporate world but i found that i actually wasn't fulfilled by a lot of the things that society and that my old communities and culture were telling me were important and so now i i feel like i'm much more connected to my body my heart work that i feel like is serving a greater purpose is serving my soul purpose than my life path and it's also being sourced from a very different place than it was before rather than feeling the need to Go out and do everything. I have this internal sense of well-being and self-worth and love for myself and for everyone around me, and I cre- can create from that space of already being enough. Hmm.
0: You know, I, I, um, I'm really reflecting as you talk. I'm reflecting on myself and how the moments that I have looked to, you know, that phrase put your big girl panties on and go, you know, do this thing, right? That you kind of man up a bit to enter into an empowering role. And as you talk about this, I'm like, wow, I really see that. Those spaces in my life where I have, I've had to do that, rather than really tapping into that feminine energy that could, that is, could be um, in, um, uh, comparison to it, uh, its own type of empowerment and that sounds really exciting to me, to not think about necessarily giving up uh, my femininity, but actually leading with it. Is that what you're talking about? Leading in that space?
1: Yes, and, and to provide a little bit more context, so for people who are newer to these concepts, there's masculine and feminine energy in everything. So Mm -hmm. in relationships in our relationship to external things and places in the world and even within ourselves we have a masculine and feminine energy and every person has somewhere along that spectrum say we have zero to ten zero is completely feminine ten is completely masculine right where they will fall naturally and that will be most nourishing to them and in different relationships Mm -hmm. and different situations this can change you can desire to be highly in your masculine in your workspace and really be nourished from creating in your business in that place and then in your relationship desire to be highly in your feminine right but without that awareness sometimes mm. that energy can then get brought home but the, the, the challenge is is that in my story in my journey I found that I was never even taught or had any awareness of this feminine aspect and for lots of women, it's being in the feminine energy that is nourishing and replenishing. So if we're in the masculine energy mm-hmm. all of the time, we get depleted, we get burnt out, we get illness, we get all of these things. That it feels like you know we're constantly going and there's no end in sight because we manage all of these things. And for someone who is more in their masculine and actually is nourished from being in their masculine. Often a man, for example, or someone who's up more on that spectrum, they get replenished from that cycle of penetrating, from that cycle of accomplishment, from that cycle of linear thinking and practicality, right? Versus the women who don't know that they're in that energy but actually deeply desire in their being to be allowed to let go to relax to surrender to be taken care of because that's how they're nourished if there's no space in their life for that then it's kind of this really depressing bleak landscape of like what do i do you know there's there's all of these to do's and there's no support and like you said I have to man up and take care of it and to be even able to have the concept or idea that a shift in your energy and the shift of being and shifting shift in your being and then actually a shift into being from doing is actually going to get you more to where you want to go it's just such a paradigm shift that it It's inaccessible to a lot of people because of the way our society works right now.
0: I am I am so personally challenged in that in what you just said, the the ability to really become so self aware that choice becomes this ex- incredibly empowering space that I can operate from. S- so for you, you talk about this this time in which you were uh, you you experienced a burnout. Mm-hmm. So what did that what did that look like for you? What if you don't mind, um, yeah. what what happened? What did burnout mean in your life?
1: Well, for me, this was time. So I originally moved to Hawaii for a corporate finance job. And so it from the outside, it looked like I was living the dream. You know, I was on Maui. I was working for one of the top luxury hotels. I was incredibly young to have the position that I had. Um, we were having amazing results at the hotel. Um, but you know, I was working very long hours, our office was in the basement, it was very high stress, Um, and ultimately for me and my body, I actually ended up developing shingles, which it was kind of funny because I was on a business trip for work and I noticed that there was something that was quite painful, and when I finally had time to go to the doctor, he said, you know, you should be on on leave for this or you should have come before. And my uh, immediate response was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, like I don't have time for vacation. Yeah. I don't have time to take sick leave. And so that's the mindset that I was in where it was like there's not enough time and everything that I'm doing is so, I want to say so important is what's coming, but like so Integral and I'm expected to show up and have all of these responsibilities and all of these things and so for me it got to the point where I Really, you know, didn't want to go to work every day Um, And I kind of had an awareness that this was not my life path fully beforehand because um, so I had started studying yoga and nutrition kind of in the side when I started my accounting career to keep my soul happy because I knew that working for a corporation in accounting and finance was not my passion. Um, So in my Mm -hmm. spare time, I was studying these things that really brought me a lot of joy to keep me going. And actually prior to moving to Maui, I had almost moved to Nicaragua to help start a surfing yoga hostel. And then I had ended up receiving this incredible job in this amazing Mm -hmm. location that was you know kind of a no-brainer career move if i wanted to stay in the corporate world it was like this is absolutely yes so i was like this is kind of my last chance you know like i might as well take this and try it um and when i started the job you know it was incredibly stressful and everyone was kind of like okay you know like good luck and i was like super positive and no no it'll be great and after a year in it was just for me, the payoff was not worth it. And Mm. um, I think my mental health was struggling, my body was struggling, and I was also deeply conflicted because at that level of executive management, you're continually planning for your future. And so the company was talking to me about what I wanted to do and what I saw myself doing, and it just became very apparent to me that the longer I stayed in that, kind of organization or that position, the more I was committing and the more I was getting myself to a place that would be even harder to get out of.
0: Mm. So, so what did you, what did you do in that, that space? You, you chose something that shifted your life. What was that? Yeah.
1: So I literally moved to the jungle. I (laughs) moved to Big Island uh, for a couple months and moved to a community where I was doing yoga every day and meditating and learning how to garden and about permaculture and going to dance and communication classes and all these different things. So I just immersed myself in nature and in community space and took some time to reflect and decide what I wanted to do and that time um, I'm Canadian so my ability to stay in Hawaii had been tied to my job and so I actually decided to go back to Maui and attend massage school so that I could stay on Maui and in massage school that was a place where you know it was 10 months of deep diving into studies around the body, around anatomy, around energy, around a lot of these different things, Um, and I found something that I really loved and something shifted even more, kind of, because I had started, right, as I mentioned, yoga, nutrition, and now body work, and this was something that has also played an instrumental role in my life um, for shifting people's experiences and being life-changing and transformational.
0: Mm-hmm. So you do this 10 months of um, deep dive work and, and study. Um, what did you do with it after that? So
1: after that, I I had kind of been doing some consulting work here and there and pairing my previous business consulting work and business accounting and finance experience with my yoga instructing and my massage and some of these things. And I actually ended up getting a job working for a man who was running free silent meditation courses for people based on Vipassana. And Vipassana is this setup where you go away to a center for 10 days and you meditate in the Vipassana retreats, so you meditate for 10 to 11 hours a day you don't talk to anyone, you don't communicate with anyone at all. It's very strict and very intensive. And this man had set up these courses out of Maui at one of his properties, where instead of the 10 to 11 hours of meditation, it's like five to six hours of meditation paired with three to four hours of yoga. So I started for working for him and his organization and also a huge part of my transformation was extensive periods of silent meditation and yoga, and sound healing, and all of these kind of alternative healing modalities. It was just like, somehow this experience appeared as the next step in my life.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I I honestly, I think, I've never done like a silent meditation experience like that. I just imagine that um, my my brain would like explode with all the... <laughs> The things that I'd want to get out so that I didn't have to hold on to them.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the point. You're not allowed to write. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to kind of express in any way so that eventually you just settle into what is present and all of that kind of drifts away.
0: Mm. Mm, maybe I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so this experience is just, it's just one thing building on the next thing, developing something new in you. Um, where did it take you? So in that
1: experience, when I was working in that, in that position, I was living on two different properties of the most beautiful properties on Maui. I feel so grateful and blessed to have had that experience. And during that time, that was when I connected with a mentorship, an online mentorship that was a full body yes that was around sexuality and relationships. So as mm. I was in that job, I started diving into this mentorship and exploring sexuality and relationship coaching and learning about that. And it was in that course as well that there was a module around birth. And that was also my first awareness around, OK, even if I am not interested in pursuing birth work as a woman who wants to give birth one day, there's a lot that I desire to look into mm-hmm. in this space. So that then opened up the portal for me to do my doula training and start attending births um, and i also kind of at that time started my masters of social work and and started looking into some of the, the social aspects um, and the cultural and community aspects of social organizations because there's also a passion of mine to affect change around all of these things that we've been talking about at a structural and community level um, And that was kind of where I was at until I came on this trip to Egypt and unexpectedly everything kind of shifted to propel me to transition into creating a life now in Egypt.
0: So what was this trip in Egypt? What was the purpose of that that ignited so much for you?
1: The purpose of the trip was uh, a group of 28 women who were coming here to visit many of the sacred sites and the temples and do a pilgrimage of sorts. So my doula mentor and teacher was leading this with another woman from Maui. Um, And I had always kind of joked with her, you know, next time you're going to Egypt, I'm coming. And this was during COVID. Mm -hmm. And we had been doing some work together as well. And she said, okay, we're going. Are you coming? And I had to make a decision very quickly. So I ended up going. And then at the end of the trip, I ended up getting COVID actually and having to quarantine. And it was during that quarantine period when I ended up, actually having women reaching out to me for support with their births and people reaching out to me for support around sexuality and relationships and all of these things. And so I ended up kind of being brought into the community here in Cairo and seeing all of the places where it was possible for me to add value or be of service, support.
0: I I don't uh, know much of the culture in Egypt and this sounds like my preconceived idea of what uh, the culture is there is this is uh, much like you described a, a masculine energy about Egypt. I do have I do have that in my mind. Um, but how do th- how do you connect this very feminine work, this very uh, woman driven, um, experience of life how do you f- intersect that in a society that it has more of this masculine energy is that received is it is the community open to that or is this really kind of pushing against a lot of parameters that don't get pushed on there
1: yeah i think there's layers to this as well there's both so in coming to cairo through magical divine timing and connections i was connected with two of the more progressive doctors who are doing things like water births in hospitals and i was connected with community that are taking part in alternative holistic healing modalities and all of these things so they're growing and there's a desire for support um and people are really open to Learning and to being supported because there's there's such a need for help in certain areas here, too. And So first of all, there's that and I would also say that in the masculinity, I think there's As a culture, especially in the West we've heard and we are aware of some of the challenging aspects of masculinity in its distortion so control abuse oppression Mm. right and those things are present like they are present in other places as well but there's also a really beautiful expression of healthy masculinity here which i did not experience in the same way in north america so there's Mm. something in the culture where and maybe it's i can't fully speak to this but because of the way the culture is or people are raised I have experienced since being here so many beautiful examples of being taken care of, of by men, of them making sure that everyone is okay, of them going out of their way to help me or you know, arrange something for me, or take care of me, or all like without any energy of desiring anything from me or being inappropriate or sexuality or intimacy. It's it's like this this expectation that there is a masculine provision and protection that's always there without the need for the feminine to do anything. And even though in a society like this, obviously there are ways that has gotten out of control or distorted in certain ways in North America. I think there's also something highly lacking sometimes around the ways that the healthy masculinity is developed, you know, because there's also the culture of women who are strongly expected to be in their masculine, and then there's both of those energies kind of being combative with one another. It's almost like there's, because of that, there's even more permission within the woman's space to go deeply and support the women, and there's also space and opportunity to work with the healthy aspects of the masculine and feminine here that I wasn't so sure of how to work with in a society where everyone is being told they need to be in their masculine energy.
0: I I really uh, connect with particularly American culture being very polarized, like it's either this or it's that, where what you're describing sounds far more like flow, like this give and take, this integration of both rather than this, I have to choose either this or it's either that for both men and women. Is that is that a good description of what you're saying?
1: I think so. And I would say... Obviously, culturally, you know, there are different things around the expectations of women in society here, and layers of oppression and abuse that mm. you know are. I, I'm not denying any of that at all, or the impact of any of that. Yeah. Um, but I've just found that in my work, it's very well received, and there there's a lot that can be done um, because of the way the energies work together, like you said.
0: Hmm. So you get done with this 28 days in Egypt and you obviously go back. And what was, what was it that led you to actually moving there? Not just visiting, but making this big move.
1: Yeah. So, well, actually well, after the 10 days, it was 10 days, but 28 women.
0: Oh, 10 days. Um, oh, gotcha. Gotcha.
1: I I had COVID. So after my quarantine period um, I ended up staying actually for six months and that was instigated by a consultation with a potential doula client who called me. And at the time I was a little bit resistant to the idea of living in Cairo because Cairo is the opposite of Maui and for my nervous system it was a lot to digest the first time I was there. But I also trust very much in being led on my journey. So after we had our consultation, I had told her, you know, talk to a lot of doulas, uh, find the right fit for you. And they came back to me and they said, you're our doula. And so I took that as my mm-hmm. sign. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting. So I ended up making arrangements to shift to Cairo to be on call for that birth and ended up getting another birth. And then a whole bunch of clients who just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Um, and working with those people. So in Egypt, for me, everything was very expansive. You know, Everything was easy, connections were made, people were introduced, I didn't have to do anything. And there was like this whole world that was created. And at the end of the six months, I went back to Maui and some of the projects that I had been working on, all these things were still in the same place. And Maui is a really beautiful healing place and there's so many amazing aspects to it. But there's, there's an element of that energy where sometimes creation can take a little bit more time. And mm-hmm. because of where I'm at on my journey, I'm really strongly in a creation phase. And I was just so strongly called to be in Egypt at this time to see how I'm meant to be of service in these spaces. And so ultimately, that was what led me to not make an easy decision. <laughs> it was quite challenging, yeah. actually, but to pack up my things and to say, I'm really supposed to be in Egypt for this next period, even if I don't know what that looks like or why or what it may be, but it was very strongly a decision-based, full on faith and trust to be here.
0: Wow, sounds very brave, you know, to make such a big life shift. But it but it also sounds like you were um, both knowingly and unknowingly being prepared for this all along the way. Mm-hmm. That this, this was where, the journey was taking you and like you said it just things were just falling into place things were just coming to you being prepared for you
1: yeah yeah and I, i'm also in a place too in my journey where and i just had this conversation with someone but it's a blessing and a curse it feels like where if i have an intuition or a knowing and i don't listen to it the experience in my body is so uncomfortable that people share you know it's it's brave or it's courageous and I I do see that and I try and you know give that acknowledgement to myself as well but it's almost like the alternative is not even a possibility you know it's Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's like expand or move forward or die and that sounds very intense and dramatic (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's like when i have a knowing that something needs to shift or that i'm meant to be somewhere it's almost not even an option for me not to listen to that
0: to to know yourself so well that that you can respond to that i think a lot of us um learn how to move out of that uncomfortable and say i just have to keep going and we just kind of press through some of those uh, conversations our uh, body, our soul is wanting to have with us and wanting to uh, communicate and even direct us to and we have so easily learned from an early age that we push that aside. We, we don't listen. We don't trust. Whatever the story might be about that. Um, but for you to just be very integrated with yourself and to say no, I I, I literally like I literally feel it and I don't want to, to move into a space that is that, um, ungood for myself. Um, that's very, um, it's very inspiring in that, that I listening to you describe that I would want to, uh, operate in the world that way. I would want to, um, to know myself at that, at that at that level I know that one of the things that you and I have talked about, um, just on as we discuss our businesses which, with each other, um, you and I met um, through a beautiful coach, Haley Carr, who is um, coaching us um, in our businesses and and being uh, intuitive and being um, uh, creating a business that. Is good and right for us, while it's good and right for the world, and um, and in this space, I've gotten to know a little bit about a project that you're working on, and um, it, one day you we were talking online, um, you, me, and um, Bianca, and we were, you were just describing what it is that you were working on, and I'm like, this is a beautiful, uh, a beautiful need in the world. But its uh, it spoke to my soul because it spoke liberation to me. Mm-hmm. It spoke um, freedom. It spoke self-awareness and self-knowing. And um, and it also comes with some really fun language um, because they're kind of, uh, particularly from the background that I come from, these are not conversations that we have very often. They're not um, even conversations. I would even go as far as saying they're not conversations that we're supposed to have and this was around um, you know sexuality um, uh, allowing ourselves pleasure in life allowing ourselves um, that that deep knowing that you're talking about um, that you have with yourself and um, and you had you had this little comment that just struck um my curiosity and we ended up saying no we have to talk about this on a podcast and that was that you are um, you're basically like saving the world one orgasm at a time <laughs> and that was just like what what Tell me more. What is this th- that you're that you're wanting to do? This project that you're um, that you're working on that you're opening up to women is, um, I think, incredibly powerful. I think we need to know about it. We need to hear about it. And so I w- I would love it if you would talk to that project, but also
1: um, your real why behind it as well. Yes, absolutely, and thank you. I love your excitement about it, and I love the way that it just spoke to your soul and lit you up as well. Yeah. And maybe I'll start with the why, because I feel like the why stems from everything that we've been talking about. And the why is about our connection to ourselves, our connection to our bodies, our connection to our knowing, our power, all of these pieces, the things that I really feel we've been conditioned out of through habit patterning and social Mm -hmm. society and all these different things um but really within your body your sexual energy is your life force energy and your creative power especially for women in our wombs right our wombs is where life is created and that could be a baby right and if it's not a baby it's projects it's relationships it's moments its experiences like women must create and we must be connected to that life force energy and have it continually circulating through our body and through the world because when we don't and it's stagnant that's when we get sick and there's different illnesses or you know mental things that are going on mental health issues and this is also tied to kind of the masculine and the feminine. And for women, being kind of stuck or boxed into this masculine energy all the time, being disconnected from our bodies, keeps us in a box. It limits what we create, it limits how we can receive, it limits the ability for us to create the life of our dreams. It's a very different energy than one of feminine power, which is, being highly sourced in your body, so connected to your intuition that you are actually able to magnetize your desires to you. And you're able to connect to all of that, which is where this is going, connecting to the work through your pleasure. Because we've been so disconnected from our bodies and we're living out of our minds, pleasure is a way to draw you back into your body. And there's a distinction between things that we might think are pleasurable, right? Which sometimes we think numbing out is pleasure, like watching Netflix or like eating three cakes or or something that, you know, takes us out of our experience because we don't actually want to be in here because it's not that pleasant, right? Right. Real pleasure is this like deep sense of fulfillment and peace and joy and sensations that just feel delicious in your body. So for some people, they maybe have not even ever experienced like real, high quality pleasure and for lots of women they have not ever experienced orgasm or their experience of orgasm is one of stress or one of like striving or achievement or any of these things and it's like the shift from this place of where you have to do and you have to achieve and you have to take care of all the things and be logical and and be in your brain and just take care of it all to this place of just being so deeply present and relaxed in your body and able to check in. You know, is that, what is the right choice for me? Do I want to do that? Feeling in your body, is that a yes or a no? Does that feel good? And being so connected that you know that if it doesn't feel good, it's not the right choice for you. And then not only that, but being able to create from this space of like feeling your desires so deeply in your body that you're then able to connect directly to what it is that's going to help create those desires in the world right and the, i mean the other layers because we have there's four areas that we go into in this program your body your sexuality your pleasure and your femininity in terms of pleasure most people don't even know what's possible in their bodies. Once you connect deeply and you start exploring and you start opening to receive even more and you start shifting to the idea of leading with pleasure rather than giving it as a reward and like putting pleasure at the forefront of your experience, it's like there are these experiences that open up to you that are like full body orgasms, energetic orgasms, all of these these experiences that once you have them in your body are you kind of like, I didn't even know that was possible, you know, like and it gives everything, it puts things in perspective, it makes you realize what's important, it allows you to open your heart and lead from a heart centered place. Like in, in some ways I would almost say some of these experiences are kind of like near-death experiences, where not to that extent of, of you know your life flashing before your eyes but just really putting in perspective like what do i value and what's important and what do i want to create and do and who do i want to be in this life and so if that's the type of of journey that you're on you're here to fully show up as your truest self right which is kind of what i was trying to share at the beginning as to who i am as the ever-evolving human of my truest self then Doing this work and tapping into your sexual energy and your power and your essence, it's all connected and it's a huge part of who you are and it will shift your life in ways that you can imagine.
0: So if you take someone through this program that you've created, what kind of what kind of journey are they going on? I mean, is this for the person who is just like you were in that one moment of your life where you're like just completely burnt out? You're disconnected from self or is this someone who is already self-aware
1: or is it both? um so i would say this is more of a beginner course so for someone who hasn't done this type of work before and i think at each stage there's always a layer deeper to go so if someone does have an awareness of some of these things there's a lot of space for them to come in and go deeper with themselves but it's really going to be geared to the accessible who this is the first time that they're having any of these conversations because i feel so passionately I remember, you know, back where I was in this space and this is kind of the course that I wish that I had access to at this time and the way that it's marketed, honestly, and the way that the information is shared, there's a lot of verbiage, for example, right, around orgasms and things like this to catch people's attention, but it's really about the deeper self work, which is never ending. Mm -hmm. So to give you an idea of what that looks like, As I mentioned, there's the four pillars, and so every other week, there's a week focused on content around diving deeper and understanding some of these theories and ideas and anatomy. Um, And then on the other weeks, there's a session altogether of an actual embodiment practice where we go into either a guided meditation or somatic practice or dance or something to be able to bring what we're learning into the body, right? Because it's not one or the other, but for someone who is living most of the time in their brain, we need to appeal to the brain and help them understand what we're trying to do sometimes to allow us to feel safe to then drop into the body. And it's, it's like an experience of working with all aspects of self to figure out and address all the components and hopefully integrate over time.
0: Beautiful. So, if I were to go through a course like this, what would I be expecting at the end? I mean, because, you know, orgasms are a good appeal. <laughs> um, but it, it, but it sounds like I mean, in, in from some of my conversations with you outside this um, podcast recording, um, there is a lot of just pure information about how our bodies work and um and and just the lack of understanding is a lack of connection with ourselves and i for for example um my my upbringing um was in an uh evangelical christian atmosphere deeply um into purity culture we don't engage with this part of ourselves until we, we are married. And then even in that, we come in with a very little information about how, we, how our bodies work and how our, um, wh- what our expectations of ourself or sexual relationships or um, just my personal knowing of myself um, is very, very limited, if anything at all. And it's just like you just kind of get thrown into the game and you're supposed to somehow just know, understand. And I think it leaves us to more of an experience of, like you had referenced before, uh, performance or um, accomplishment, mm-hmm. um, it, What? what is pleasure for? Is pleasure allowed? Like there's just so, so much that is wrapped up into this, um, very small box that, um, many people who listen to my podcast will understand what I'm talking about because we come from similar, um, backgrounds. So to have any kind of, um, sexual knowing of myself is kind of a new conversation or it's because, it's becoming a new conversation in terms of we're finally, you know, at this place where we can start talking about this. But it isn't it wasn't something that was ingrained in us um, in our upbringing or in our um, early years of uh, e- developing as a woman. Any of that. I I think that's why this conversation is fascinating to me, because my frame of reference about sexuality comes from purity culture and it's very limited in knowing and understanding my body. And it sounds like a course like this could be very liberating for someone with my background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what I would share is that, like you said, there's a lot of information and theories and concepts to share. And a lot of it is also forming that connection with yourself, right? So in... For example, all those four areas, your body, your sexuality, your femininity, your pleasure. Part of the process we go through is establishing what is your current connection to your body? You know, like, Hmm. are you able to even feel connected in your body? Are you aware of things, do you become aware of things that you're holding, experiences you have? Is there trauma that needs rest? You know is there self-worth things or all of these pieces if we're yeah. then to move to your sexuality what are the stories that you have about who you are as a sexual being mm-hmm. many of these stories and beliefs that might be blocking your ability to receive even more pleasure or to explore some of these things that you desire so we have to go in to find out what is present move through some of those spaces. And often that requires some work or some support, right? And then mm-hmm. based on the information and some of these these new ideas and ideas about what is possible, decide what we're choosing, where we want to go to, and how we're going to get there. So it's kind of, it's a journey within each of these topics from where you're currently at, what we want to shift, with love and kindness and compassion and, an aware, you know, a trauma-informed focus as well. And then opening up the pathway for the desires that you have in terms of your future or opening to even more pleasure or, you know, for every person it's different. Um, so I would say it's a combination of the knowledge that I'm sharing and also like a deep self-discovery journey as well.
0: Mm. Mm. That can be both exhilarating and a little scary at the same time. Um so I really want to uh, drop into the world all this information about uh, this program. Um, I think we talked about it. But what are you what is it called?
1: So this program is called Activating Ecstasy. And it's an eight-week program for women that starts on October 16th every Sunday for 75 minutes, varying times, depending what time zone you're on. I did choose an afternoon time for Eastern Standard Time, so it's North American-friendly. Um, and we go for eight weeks. And then we also create a container of support in terms of having a private group where you're able to share and ask for support and receive support. Um, and we have our weekly meetings and check-ins with all of the information. And then you also are making the commitment to, during that time, um, attend to yourself and do certain practices and really take on this journey of creating a life-changing experience for yourself.
0: Wow, this just sounds so supportive. And so, I just keep coming back to the word liberating, you know, to, to just set free um, yourself from the stories that you have come to understand yourself under um, it just sounds uh, it sounds like a beautiful space to be in um, I'm I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes um, and um, so that people can contact you um, but just for the audio version where can they find you
1: they can find me at www.activateecstasy.com and then I'm also on Instagram, which my name is a little bit challenging to spell, but it's at SK So I'll send that to you so you have it as
0: well. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and I've been, um, I've been following you for a little bit, and you put out just some really um, inspiring, self-aware, and um, uh, think-outside-the-box um, content. And it just feels very supportive to follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love following your journey of being in Egypt because it is a it is a space in the world that I uh, that is now very curious to me. It's very interesting, um, and I always love it when I know somebody in another part of the world because that means hey, maybe I can go there. Yeah, you can come <laughs> and visit. The, There's a space yeah. for you to
1: visit here.
0: <laughs> um, and you do other things as well. So this is this is the one that's coming up um, right now. Um, what are some of the other services that you
1: offer? Yes. Yeah, so I also do one-on-one coaching. And I do that generally for a minimum of six months. So I do deep dive containers with individuals um, around sexuality and relationships. So generally, I work with women. And I also do relationship counseling. So I do work with couples as well. And then I have my doula clients. So I work with women who are pregnant or or trying to get pregnant, and then I support them during their pregnancy, during birth and postpartum as well.
0: Okay. And with your doula services, is that location specific or is this something that women can do virtually with you?
1: We can do it virtually as well so especially during covid there was a huge uptick in the way that support can be provided and at least a lot of the preparation and things like childbirth preparation and prenatal support and things like that can be done virtually um, obviously if someone is wanting an in-person doula for the actual birth um, i do travel sometimes for births. Um, okay which is a possibility as well, but there's the option for virtual support as well, which lots of people have gained a lot of value from that. If they don't have Mm. a local person who they're able to get that support from.
0: Mm, Beautiful. So I, so I'm curious if you, if you could leave um, our listeners today with anything, comment um, and inspiration, um, uh, advice, in anything, what what would you want to leave them with today? Aside from your beautiful story because I think um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to this a few times because I think it's just packed so full and I'm going to probably regret that I didn't ask more questions on each of the, <laughs> the things that we talked about but, um, but I would love to know what you want to leave with women
1: today. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I would say... That anything is possible and I had a session with a client last night and she said you know after doing some of this work I finally started to dream again after Mm -hmm. 17 years of not dreaming you know I'm dreaming again and that's what I would say is if you're not dreaming then how do we get you to start dreaming and how do we connect you to your true self your essence your power and what is possible for you because it is all possible and I want to leave them with that air of possibility and that it can all be done in a way that is so filled with love and joy and pleasure and it can be better than they ever could have imagined.
0: Mm. And from my vantage point, you are living exactly that the you are choosing to dream and you are living some crazy seemingly impossible things and it's beautiful to witness it's inspiring it makes it makes being in your presence um like i want that Mm -hmm. i want that experience too Oh, I am so glad um, we had a chance to talk. Um, I imagine I'm going to get off of this and I'm going to think of more things that we need to come back and have another conversation about. Um, because I, I just think there's so many layers, um, not just to the work that you do, but to who you are and what you um, gift into the world. So I'm excited about that. and um, And I wouldn't be surprised if we end up back here again with a new conversation
1: I would love that so much <laughs>
0: <laughs> um you know I would like to put the dream out there that we do it in person Ooh, and I, right <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean if you're if you are saying that anything is possible let's just let's just go big um so um I'm going to, I'm going to put all your juicy information into the show notes so that anybody can contact you and reach out and be a part of this. Um, and, um, if they have any questions, you know, to reach out to you and connect with you, but, um, thank you so much for sharing your story and, um, your work with me here today. Um, I find it a privilege anytime I sit down with someone and hear their story, it's, it's magic. It changes me each time. Um, and so thank you so much for that, Sarah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.